Welcome to the Man in the Mirror Bible Study Podcast. Today we are continuing our series looking at the book of James. The question for today, is favoritism always a sin? And our speaker is Dale Reeder, Vice President of Operations for Man in the Mirror. All right, uh, this morning, um, if you have a Bible with you, we're going to be in James 2. Uh, so we're going to continue on in this series in James, the wisdom of James. And in my ESV Bible, the title for this section is called The Sin of Partiality. So we're going to dig into this and we're going to look to see what the Bible has to tell us about uh, partiality and, and the sin of partiality. So what is partiality? What are a couple of definitions uh, that we can find for partiality? One of them is having a favorable bias or a prejudice. Uh, another is a special fondness or preference to or for something or someone. Um, so both of these sound like, well, there could be a chance that that could be sinful, but also those sound like legitimate things. I could have a preference towards one thing or another or someone. So what's a synonym of partiality? Favoritism. So let's look at favoritism. What, what are some of the def definitions of favoritism? Uh, having a more favorable opinion of someone over, over another. So again, may not be sinful, but I can start to see where it could, could turn sinful. And then showing preferential treatment towards a person or a specific group of people. So now I can definitely start seeing how this could turn sinful. Um, right now, I so just to pause in at this time because I want to uh, make one thing kind of clear from the beginning. There's so many different directions that we could go right now with this, but I wanted us this morning to really focus on one thing, and that's favoritism or showing partiality on a more of a one-to-one -one basis. So rather than thinking about an entire group of people, I want to narrow it down to our more personal relationships. How how am I treating somebody else? Am I showing favoritism one-on-one -on -one, uh, with someone else? Obviously, um, prejudice against groups is um, not right, and it's important for us to talk about it. But for the sake of the discussion this morning, we're going to talk about the one-on-one -on -one, uh, type of favoritism. So, an important question, is favoritism always a sin? Um, let's start out telling you uh, just quick Two quick stories, two brief stories. Um, these aren't true. These are just made up. But two quick stories to illustrate um, this point. Is favoritism always a sin? The first one is, um, say I have two people that have asked me for help on Saturday morning. One of them is my best friend who I grew up with. I know him well. Um, you know, we've done so many things together in the past, and, and he's my best friend. He asked me if I can help him on Saturday morning with a project. I have another person that asked for help who's a friend of a friend. I don't really know him that well, but he needs help on Saturday morning too. Which one do I pick? Am I showing favoritism if I pick one over the other? I heard I pick my friend. Of course I would pick my friend. Am I showing favoritism to my friend? Because I picked him over the other? Uh, maybe. I'd say probably not, but possibly. So the other one is, the other example is, um, say that uh, God has given me um, 
some direction. And he said, I want you to do this thing for me. I don't really fully understand it, but we're obedient, right? So we follow what God tells us to do. He's telling me, go to the local Publix, walk in, go to the every cashier that's in there immediately and give them $100 for every person that's in their checkout line. Doesn't matter who they are, just give them $100 for every person in the checkout line. If I walked into Publix and I scanned who was in the checkout line and I decided who I was going to give money to based on how they looked, not obeying what God had told me to do, that definitely would be showing favoritism and the sin of favoritism. So just kind of two examples of how you can see maybe the difference uh, between the two. So we're going to dig in now to uh, James uh, chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 1 here. Uh, So if you have a Bible, you can follow along where the text will be up here on the screen. Verse 1, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. So here, James is talking to followers of Christ. He calls them my brothers. So we know that he's talking to followers. uh, So we know that this information is for us as well as followers of Christ. Uh, And he's also speaking in a way that... um, helps us understand, or we can assume that this is something that he's already seeing prop up in what they're doing. So he's warning them against uh, the sin of partiality. Uh, as we read this, we also can see that um, as we get a little bit lower into the into that first verse, uh, that we're, he's talking about holding faith in Christ and partiality and how those two really can't um, stay in the same place. They can't... Uh, can't have room in the same place. So let's continue on here now. So uh, verse 2 and throughout there. uh, For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you say here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there or sit at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen those who are poor in in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man and not the, and are not, the rich, the ones who oppress you, and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honor, honorable name by which you were called? So why do we tend to make uh, the bad choice um, of choosing the rich man over the poor man? Why do we show partiality? Most of the time, I think it's because we are only looking at what's on the outside, um, you know, what, what possibly could be in it for us? Um, what are the, the other reasons? We'll dig into those in a little bit. We tend to look at the outside, and you, you may be familiar with this passage, First uh, Samuel 16, verse 7. Um, this is the time when Samuel has uh, been directed by God to go and anoint a new king. So he goes to Jesse and um, is looking at Jesse's son and... 
Um, Eliab is the one that Samuel thinks is the one to, to be the next king just because of how he looks. But we know that God didn't choose him. God chose David. Uh, but in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, we read, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So now we can start to see that this sin of partiality is a heart issue. Uh, so it's a heart issue for us that we need to, to be aware of. So the question, uh, is favoritism always a sin? I would say not always. And in fact, I would say that uh, it's, it's good sometimes. So where do we see that uh, in, the, in the Bible, that favoritism can be a good thing? Uh, first example uh, that we see is uh, God chose Abraham. So we know that God can't sin. So we know that uh, showing favoritism to Abraham, choosing him to be the father of a nation uh, was not a sin. Uh, Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3 is where we can read about that, how God chose Abraham and then through his descendants, um, he blessed the entire world. Um, so there's an example that uh, favoritism is good. Uh, the second one, uh, we're instructed to care for our families before others. And uh, we find that in 1 Timothy 5 uh, verse 8, where we're told as believers, we are to care for our families and if we don't, uh, we are seen as worse than unbelievers. So another example of how favoritism is a good thing. We're, we're taking care of those people who are closest to us, uh, and we've been instructed to do that. Uh, the third example is just from what you guys heard last week uh, with Pat talking about caring for the orphans and the widows. Uh, we're told that we are to care for those who are less fortunate, those who are vulnerable, so showing to favoritism to them is good. Uh, we're instructed to do that. If, um, if we see someone who has plenty and someone who is in need, we are definitely instructed to show favoritism and, and to help those who are in need. So the big idea for today um, that I want us to all kind of take some time and think through is this idea of my bias toward one person over another may not be a sin, but only my heart and God knows. So again, this is a condition of the heart and our motivations for um, the relationships that we have. So if favoritism is not always a sin, how can I uh, see when it's starting to become sinful? What are some of the, the warning signs? So back to James 2 verses uh, 2 through 4. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or you sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So again, this is a matter of the, the heart, it's when we begin to judge, it's, it's the evil thoughts that begin to, to creep in. So there's multiple things that uh, could direct us to beginning to see that this, this is a sin. Uh, but there's three things here that I kind of wanted to talk about this morning. So how can we as men start to 
see these warning signs and be aware of them so that we can stop uh, the sin before it happens. So the first one is, um, first warning sign is when we uh, think selfishly. So what can I get out of this? What's in it for me? Uh, it's when I treat some person better than another because I think I'm going to get something out of it. Um, so this is a selfish um, thought that I have. Uh, it, again, it's it's picking one over the other. Uh, if I if I have two people that are asking me to do something and I choose to do it uh, with one of them because I think in the end he's going to give me something back, it's going to benefit me. I'm starting now to show partiality because of my selfishness and what's in it for me. So that's the first warning sign. The second one is pride. So maybe I have a feeling of superiority that I'm better than this person because of X. Um, so this feeling of superiority um, comes up. So here's an example. I'm not going to go to you, or I'm not going with you to this family gathering because your family is all a bunch of uneducated rednecks. Okay, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't suggest you guys ever say that. But those thoughts may pop up into our head. Obviously, um, as Christians, we should not be thinking that way. Those thoughts should never come into our heads. But this is where we can start to see that if I'm having those thoughts, I may be heading down this path of the sin of partiality. So the third, the third way that we can start to see this, and maybe one that is difficult for all of us to hear, the third one is uh, a feeling that I'm smarter than God. Um, so this one's a tough one, and it's a tough one for me because I've had these thoughts. But what I'm talking about when I say I'm smarter than God is, God, you wouldn't have put me in this situation to be around these people because you don't want me to be with these people. You want me to be with those people. Those are my people. I don't want to be with those people. So a feeling of, God, I know better than what, what you know. Even though you, you place me in this situation, I really am going to choose to not be in it and, and be in a different situation. And I'm taking this position of I'm smarter than God. And when we feel those thoughts coming up inside us, we're moving down the path of the sin of partiality. So all of these things, um, the selfishness, the pride, the arrogance, really it all boils down. You can see the common thread here for all of these is pride. So oftentimes when I feel myself going down this path of the sin of partiality, of favoritism, it's because of my own pride. So again, the, the big idea is my bias toward one person over another may not be a sin, but only my heart in God knows. So my bias toward one person over another may not be a sin, only my heart in God knows. Again, it's just, it's a heart issue. And we hear this so many times with things uh, as Christians, as we're following Christ and trying to be examples for him, that it's a heart matter. And um, this, the sin of partiality is definitely a, a heart matter. So 
how do we kill the sin of favoritism? If there is a sin of favoritism, how can we kill it? Uh, I think there's a few different uh, ways that we can look at it. I think the easiest way, again, is to go back to this idea of pride. So if I can kill sinful pride, I can kill sinful favoritism. I'm going to share something with you guys. So I'm going to confess uh, something to you guys this morning uh, on how this has played out in my life. Uh, even in a Bible study like we're in this morning, uh, I, was, I was part of a group uh, for a while. We met very early in the morning. And we had tables set up just like this, uh, not quite as many, but just like this. And um, we had guys who were blue-collar guys, white-collar guys, wealthy guys, guys who were scraping by. And I would go early to make sure that I could sit at the table with the guys that I wanted to be seen with and the guys who I thought would be able to benefit me. And... Looking back on it now, I can see how that was sinful. Uh, in the moment, I was, I was prideful. I, did, I didn't want to be sitting at the table with the guys that I didn't want to be seen with. I didn't want to sit at the table with the guys who couldn't do anything for me. So I picked, I picked my favorites based on, on those things. So those are the things that, um, that we need to watch out for. And um, so now I, I really believe that to kill sinful pride, if we kill sinful pride, we will also kill sinful favoritism. <clears throat> uh, Philippians 2, verse 3. So we know that the opposite of pride is humility. What does the Bible have to tell us about humility? Uh, Philippians 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves. So again, it um, goes on, verse 4 talks about how we are to look to the interests of others as well as our own. It's the idea of a, of a servant mindset. If I have a servant's mindset, it becomes much harder for me to, to show partiality to one group over another or one person over another. In Romans 12, verse 16 tells us to live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. So again, it's that condition of the heart and having a, a heart of humility. So what are three practical ways now that we can overcome uh, the sin of, of favoritism? The first one <clears throat> is to admit that we are not God. Uh, you know, this is a good thing for us to remind ourselves all of the time. Uh, we are not God, uh, that he is sovereign over, over his kingdom, and he has put us in situations that he wants us to be in. Um, so again, it's this posture of humility, going back to humility. Uh, over the past uh, three or four weeks, I'm not sure exactly how long, but it feels about like that long, God has really been driving me back to one passage about Job, uh, Job 38, 4 through 7, and it's when God is challenging him, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Like, come on, Job, tell me, you're so smart, where, where were you? How did I do this? And for me, I, it's, that's exactly how I am hearing him, how I, how I have been hearing him over the last few weeks. This, I, 
idea that, God, you are who you are and your ways are so much higher than mine. I don't understand them. Please continue to give me this posture of humility and trust that you're sovereign and trust um, that you've put me in certain situations for a reason and you put me in relationships for a reason. For a reason. <clears throat> the second one is to trust that God will provide for our needs. So uh, Matthew 6, 26 through 30, um, talks about um, how, how Jesus is talking that uh, even the birds of the air are fed, that they don't have barns, they don't store up, but yet they're fed. God takes care of them. So if God takes care of birds, he tells us, aren't we much more important than the birds? He's also going to provide for us. So I don't have to worry about showing favoritism to someone who I think might give me something that I need because I can trust that God's going to provide all that I need. And I can then follow the relationships that God has put into my life. So that doesn't obviously mean that I can't have relationships with someone who's more wealthy than I or someone who's in a different status level than I. Of course, God encourages those relationships and he wants us to have those. But again, it's back to the heart. What's the motivation for me wanting to have that relationship with that person? Is it because I think that we can have uh, a mutual relationship that's beneficial for us both? Or am I looking to it only for what I can get out of it? So again, trusting that God will provide all of our needs. We don't have to do it on our own. And then the third way is um, God calls us to love one another and not to hand down judgment on each other. We are, so we are told that we are to speak truth in love, but if we don't speak truth in love, it's not going to be heard by the other. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not our responsibility to bring judgment. That's God's responsibility. Ultimately, God wants us to live uh, out of love. John 13, 34 through 36 this is Jesus speaking. He says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people who know that you are my disciples, sorry, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So God is calling us to love not to judge. Obviously, as Christians, we are to hold each other accountable, but we are not the ultimate judge. Um, it's not our responsibility to be the ultimate judge. Uh, God calls us to love one another. Jesus uh, commands us to love one another. We are all image bearers of Christ. So that is the reason why God has told us that we are to love one another. If I look at somebody else, and for some reason, I have thoughts about that person by the way they look. Maybe it's because I had some experience with somebody that looked like that in the past. I need to check my heart instantly and realize that that other person is an image bearer of Christ just like I am. And, um, and do that with humility. Uh, Romans 12, um, verse 19 says, Beloved, Never avenge yourselves, but leave that, believe the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, repay, says the Lord. So I don't have to worry about 
is that person going to get what they deserve? That's not for me to judge. That's for God to judge. So I may look at somebody, I may look at their lifestyle and what they're doing and disagree with it. It is possible that it's sinful. I may be right in what they're doing is sinful, but it's still not my job to judge them and especially not my job to judge them just strictly based on how they look. I'm called to love them. Uh, This is what Jesus has called us all to do. So again, a big idea this morning. Um, My bias toward one person over another may not be sin, but only my heart in God knows. Let's pray, guys. Lord, I do thank you uh, for this time this morning. Um, Lord, thank you for your love and your acceptance of us. Lord, I thank you for how you guide and direct us. And Lord, I thank you for your word and what we can learn from it. And uh, this book of James, Lord, can be challenging uh, to us. But Lord, we know that they are your words and they're the words that you want us to hear and obey. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd be with uh, each one of us um, as we look at this sin of partiality, of favoritism. Lord, when we... uh, begin to sin, Lord, I pray that you would shine a light on that and that you would touch our hearts and minds to make us aware of it, that you would show us a way to turn from what we're, what we're doing and to repent from what we're doing and, and, um, to love as you love and to show that love, um, in the relationships that we have. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with uh, each one of these men uh, today Lord, thank you for bringing them here today and just pray that uh, you'd be with each one of them as we leave here this morning. Pray that we would each show the world uh, as your representatives what it looks like to live without favoritism and without bias and uh, to treat each of your uh, children as you would uh, with love and respect. We will lift up all these things, Lord, to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find the Man in the Mirror Bible Study wherever you listen to podcasts as well as on our YouTube page. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share the podcast with friends. Since 1986, Man in the Mirror has been teaching the Bible, helping us reflect deeply as men and apply God's truth to our lives. This Bible study is recorded in front of a live audience every Friday morning outside of Orlando, Florida. If you need help navigating your life or leading other men, please go to maninthemirror.org and check out our vast library of Bible study videos, blogs, and articles on Christian growth and leadership. There are plenty of resources you can use to grow in your faith and help others grow too. At maninthemirror.org, you will find books written just for men, helpful materials for your church's ministry to men, and even a potential career in men's discipleship. If you're a man personally struggling in life, or you need help in discipling men, please send us an email at biblestudy at maninthemirror.org and let us know how we can help.